Dylan, Daily Mail, front page, cynical walkout that betrays our children again. Can you believe it? These teachers, our children cannot afford another day off school. Not a single day. I absolutely agree. But before we carry on, I'm just getting a phone call. One second. Hello. Hiya, King Charles. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Yep. No problem. So you're getting a crown on your head on Saturday and you want the schools to close on a Monday for all children. Okay. And when is this? Sats week. Uh, yeah, one day won't hurt. No prob. See you then. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of this brand new podcast, Teach, Sleep, Repeat. My name is Dylan. And my name's Hayden. And we are primary school teachers. And we thought, what better way to start our podcast with one of the most quietest weeks in recent history. Hayden, anything happening this week? Uh, not really. Uh, Monday... Pretty normal Tuesday, yeah, and so on. Wednesday, we had a couple hundred thousand teachers go on strike. Oh, not a normal day. Pretty significant. <laughs> so we've chosen this week to start off our podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you all do, because it's been flooding the media. The NEU, which is one of the biggest education unions in the country, balloted their members over the last few months. Hayden and I are members of the NEU. And I don't think Hayden Minds are saying that we voted yes to strike action. Mm -hmm. And after the turnout of over 50% and with 90% plus voting to strike, it came into effect on the 1st of February, which was a Wednesday. And not only were hundreds of thousands of teachers on strike, but there were hundreds of thousands of other workers. I think in total, Hayden, it went past 500,000 people on strike. So it's a really big thing that's happened. And uh, we think, you know, as two teachers, and a lot of stuff in the press, as you could tell by our intro this week, not necessarily being very supportive. I think we just want to get our point across, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And like one of the biggest things for me, uh, I'm just going to chuck this stat at you, was just seeing how many new members um, the NEU gained in the last couple of weeks. And that just speaks volumes to me. And I know they use that stat a lot in their, in their kind of campaign as well. But I think it was around 40,000. 40,000? Yeah, I had, I think by the end it was about 40,000 because just to clarify, there are a couple of teaching unions, not all of them at the threshold to strike. So I think people felt very passionately about their uh, desire to strike. So for them to switch over in the interim period, it does just show that, you know, this is a strongly supported strike in the profession for sure. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to do, Hayden, I've kind of come up with this little game, okay? Mm -hmm. Because what I didn't want to happen was we just jump on here and then we just end up getting into a heated argument where we both <laughs> agree with each other and get annoyed. Where I win. So, as always. So what we've got here is quite a nice little, let's just say, role-playing activity. So I've put together some of the most popular anti-strike arguments right. and i can tell already just by your face that i can see you are already willing to fight against this i'm right? ready I'm, I'm raring i can feel my palms getting sweaty <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's a vivid image for the listeners yeah. um so just full disclosure here obviously there's loads of arguments online we see it in the newspapers but this uh these particular arguments i found them uh, on a really really interesting in uh, uh, instagram page called emily explains it's been posted around lots She's brilliant at making these infographics. So make sure you do uh, try and just check that out. But she put together these slides of common arguments against the strike and how to kind of counteract them. Now, I know for a fact, Hayden, you haven't seen them. So you don't know these arguments right. in advance. So I'm going to see what you can tell me as a teacher who voted yes to strike action, where we actually stand. So that if anyone actually does have these arguments in their head and they don't necessarily agree with the strikes, where we're coming from, right? 
You better not make me, make me embarrass myself here, Dylan. No way, no way. And I just want to say, there are a few arguments against the strike that we're not even going to contemplate, right? So anyone who says, you shouldn't be allowed to strike, we're not even going to go there. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. So let's get started. Let's go straight in. And I'm going to put on a voice as well. Okay, this is the classic anti-strike, anti-teacher <laughs> person. Uh, I'm going to get into the role, ready? <clears throat> Can't wait to hear what you sound like. Okay, let's do this. After COVID, kids need to be in school, <laughs> especially <Sorry>. the vulnerable. <laughs> Why did you sound like that? Oh, amazing. Right, sorry. Start again. I'm, I'm listening. I need, to t- I need to take this seriously. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to do the voice still. <laughs> After COVID, the kids need to be in school, especially the vulnerable ones. Oh, I tell you what, I'm, okay, I'm annoyed you started with this one because that's probably like the biggest argument. The one that nearly made me go, oh, maybe we shouldn't. But my gut reaction to that because someone said that um, to me in person was yeah okay well they're also not at school at the weekends and all of the half terms and holidays and other bank holidays including the bank holiday that was thrown at us randomly this year for king charles as well um so i just don't think it really holds up personally um as a reason not to strike as if it's like that's that counteracts everything else like all of the reasons we do strike for i don't think although it's a good argument because obviously we care about these kids and that's the idea of that argument is like preying on us um on our sort of uh, our weaknesses i guess of of course we care about these children and it's hard to say nah don't don't want to look after those kids you know but i just think that's a bigger picture yeah i absolutely agree and from my point of view, the thing that really frustrates me is when someone plays the vulnerable children card, you know, or, you know, the, the, those children who have special educational needs, because if we're going to get angry about the provision for these children, because they miss school for one extra day, like you said, which is just one day of over a hundred in this, in the whole year when they're not in school, um, we should be getting 100 times as angry at the fact that any budget has been uh, been squeezed over the last decade. There's no money in place to support these children. The social care aspect has been absolutely drained. And these, these children are falling through the net anyway. So for someone to pick that up as a kind of point, I think they're actually missing the bigger picture. Can I tell you just something as well? I, I really don't like is this like whole rhetoric around like it, the, the, every responsibility is on teachers. I don't like that. Like obviously teachers are responsible for loads of things and we shouldn't say that they're not. But the whole point of this strike is to say it's the government that are in charge of this. The government can change that. If we have a problem with these vulnerable children um, not having a place to go for that day, the government can do something about that. That's the point of the strike. At the end of the day, like you're saying, we're not trained social workers. We want the absolute best for these children and we have a specific skill set that we're very good at and we take safeguarding extremely seriously. And if I had to say the number one most important part of my job that I take the most seriously is that children are in a safe environment. But it's a separate argument to striking or not. It really is. Yeah, it's not enough to say no no striking. So good try, Dylan. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna I'm going to get into role now as, as someone else uh, from a different part of the country because I'm sure not all people from London uh, are against the strike. Oh, so I'm gonna, accent on I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna find a new accent. Ready? <clears throat> right. <laughs> I hope you're ready for this. Mm-hmm. Well, teachers. Have been- <laughs> Sorry. Why? <laughs> I just yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Go on. It's it's a posh it's a posh lady now from somewhere in the yeah. middle of the country. Because why wouldn't you have just gone straight to that? Yeah, go. On. Teachers have been offered up to a 9% pay rise. They're just being greedy. Oh, that's that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. This is the easiest one to bat away. Look, it's simple. If inflation is, let's say, 10% to make it easy, and you don't get a 10% pay rise, 
you haven't had a pay rise at all. If anything, you've had a pay cut. If you get 10%, you still haven't had a pay rise. You're just getting the same pay as last year. It's just scaled up. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what the annoys me the most about this rhetoric? Because Gillian Keegan, the education secretary, has been on the television and has said this sentence out loud. And it's outrageous because it's a classic uh, case of using data to support your argument in a really snide way. She went on and said, uh, teachers, some teachers will be receiving a 15% pay rise. And they keep saying uh, th things along the, lines, uh, along the lines of newly qualified teachers will be receiving a 9% pay rise. This is disingenuous because the vast majority of teachers are not newly qualified teachers and they will not be receiving anything close to a 9% pay rise. So to say that as the kind of answer to, well, you know, teachers are getting a pay rise. For most staff, it's nowhere near that. It's just lying, really. I was actually speaking to an ECT recently. Um, and it's uh, there was just a bit of confusion in like this idea of pay rise. It's actually a little bit annoying um, because they were saying, oh, I'm getting a really good pay rise because I'm, I'm jumping from like band one to band two. Um, and obviously there'll be, you know, some sort of inflationary pay rise on that as well, which feels like a good pay rise. But I think we need to stop confusing this idea of moving through the, the bands within your job. That's a different kind of pay rise to the inflationary pay rise for people that are on the same band. Like that, that's a very different thing. And it should feel, it should be even bigger. You know, you should have, you should have both. I think you've just absolutely hit the nail on the head there because we have progression in pay in our jobs because we're more experienced and we have more, uh, more ability to kind of deal with children gets better. And we're trusted more as we get more and more years behind us in the profession. So that that progression is completely separate to inflation. You're absolutely right. So yeah, they're going to get a pay rise. Absolutely. But that's not the, the, just the way they show data. It's just so disingenuous. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I agree. Uh, that argument, when I saw that, I thought, hey, then we'll have a field day here because <laughs> that's not how inflation works. Yeah. Unlike the Tories though, isn't it? To um, sort of, you know, conflate data, kind of use the, the big, pick out the best bits to um, push their agenda. That's just strange. Don't normally see that. It really annoys me because just on a side note, they said um, in Prime Minister's questions, Rishi Sunak was saying, it's the largest increase in pay for 30 years. And I was just saying, cool, should we uh, put that in the context of the last 12? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's also the largest rise in inflation. So it's kind of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, if, if you were to take inflation as a percentage and take away the percentage rise, yeah. it's actually the biggest dip we've ever seen. So nice one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Just but, a classic case of using data to back up your argument and being disingenuous. It's just snide, it's sneaky, and it's what they're really, really good at. And it works for them. That's the problem. It does. And, you know, as you can see from these arguments. So let's go into number three. Ready? Yep. Yep. Where do you want this person to be from? Um, well, you kind of shot me with the sort of the, the posh woman. Uh, someone up north, you know, go back to your roots. Yeah. It, yeah, true. I mean, just for anyone listening, I am a northerner at heart. I might not sound like it. Yeah, okay, the, odd word. the odd word that comes out as northern. Go on. It's one, one, one instead of one. Rant. One. <laughs> rant. Hello, I'm just going to have a right. rant. <laughs> That's like super, super posh. It's like I, I know. overcompensate. I don't know what, every time you say it, I can't take you seriously. Go on. Right. Let's get, let's have a rant. Um, so the next one. Um, okay, you've got to like this one. Up north, up north. <clears throat> 13 weeks off each year. A good pension. I can't believe it. Oh man, two things. Ready? I'm going to summarize this real quick. Uh, holidays aren't paid. 
we just have our pay spread across the year. They're not paid, so please stop using that. Um, I'm gonna make three points, I lied. Second point is, uh, if you take all the hours a teacher works in the year, it's still more hours than most people work in a year. It's just, we have 13 weeks holiday. Those hours are just more condensed. And my third point, pensions, um, they have been massively, massively, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not scrapped, but made much worse over the, the last 12 years. Pensions used to be way better. They're still good pensions. Don't get me wrong, but they were better. Yeah, it used to be, um, I believe it was final salary, right? Yeah, that's so, the one. Uh, you would work your way up the scale and then wherever you want final salary, that would be your pension. And just a quick note here, and I agree with what you're saying, because now it's an average salary. The way it works is one fifty seventh of whatever you earn in a year. Yeah, that goes on to your pension, basically. So every time, for example, if you're on £30,000, I think it's something like over that year, you earned £500 a year for your pension. And the next year, if you're on £32,000, you might earn an extra £550 for your pension every year. So if you retired then, your pension would be £1,000, uh, whatever that would be, £1,050 every right. year. So you're getting an average. It's not final salary anymore. So if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you'll get somewhere in the middle. So there was a lot of backlash against that. Um, but also, it's it's kind of, there's, there's two points I want to make here. Number one is, just because some things in the job are good or above average, it doesn't mean that you then just ignore the bits that are really detrimental to you providing the care that you need, especially in something as important as looking after children. This, the, you know, it, it's a really important job. And we're not trying to say other jobs are less important or more important, but if there's a problem with it, someone pointing out something that's okay in the system, it doesn't really cut it as an argument. And the other thing I wanted to say was, and maybe you can answer me this, Hayden. If the 13 weeks off each year and the pension is so amazing, why aren't there more teachers? Yeah, uh, not, not even just that. It's like the teacher rate is dropping and dropping and dropping, struggling to recruit new teachers. So yeah, if it's so desirable, as people like to point out with these amazing weeks, yeah, like where are the teachers then? Absolutely. I think it was um, 40% below the target for newly qualified teachers. God, something along those lines. Yeah. That's, and that's do you know what's crazy? What's bad about that as well, if you think about it, the government having a real push at the minute to say, starting salaries, they're going up by 10%. You're going to start on 30 grand soon. That was a big 2019 manifesto pledge for the Tories. It's not come in yet because they say because of COVID, et cetera. But, you know, they're really, really trying to get people through the door and it's not working. And you need to compound that with how many teachers leave the profession within three or five years. It's just I actually saw someone on Facebook really recently, genuinely just quoting that exact thing. They were like, I was promised this salary and it's just not true. <laughs> they were really annoyed and probably quit immediately. I don't know what happened, but it did make me laugh. Yeah, retention is a big issue. One fifth of teachers quit in the first three years. One third of teachers quit in the first five years. Can you just imagine how much money out of their own pocket they spent to train to be a teacher in university? Mm. 9,000 pound a year. They do it for less than five years and say, nope, not worth it. They take that debt on and it's such a dire situation that they don't even bother carrying on with the profession. Yep. It's mad. Crazy. And people will ignore that point because it doesn't fit their agenda. So, so moving swiftly on, Dylan. Moving swiftly on. Uh, I've got a few more. So let's go for this one. If you don't like it that much, mate, we'll go back to London, by the way. This guy has a fair few arguments. If you don't like it that much, pal, why don't you get another job? I actually had this argument made to me recently. I'm not going to say who, but it was genuine. Somebody in my family <laughs> made this argument to me. I was so enraged. Uh, and my response was, I didn't, I tried not to get too involved, but my response was simply, 
Cool. Well, if we all take that advice, good luck having any teachers or nurses because it was kind of about like the whole you know public sector. I just what what a stupid argument. Like I I respect the idea that someone might want to go and get another job and and work up a different ladder and have a different pay opportunities. That's cool with me. Like I love that, but it doesn't work for everyone. You can't say to every single teacher, oh, just, yeah, we'll go get a better job then. Then you'll have no teachers, will you? So don't. that's not the solution to the problem. We need to fix the actual issue with teaching, make it a desirable job. It really reminds me of this, um, this meme that was going around and it was this um, conservative guy in America. I can't remember his name, but he was giving a speech and um, they, were, they were talking about rising sea levels, right? So um, one of the students said, look, our, our coastal area, our coastal town, within X amount of years, due to you know climate change, which the guy was trying to refute basically and say, ah, oh, it's not a problem, we don't have to think about it. Due to climate change, our houses will be underwater water within, within 30 years or something. And the guy just responds saying, yeah, well, you know, if that happens, just sell them. And then the meme was someone coming in saying, to who? They're underwater. Like it's not an argument. That <laughs> I know makes exactly any what sense. you're talking about. I I live on the internet, Dylan. I've seen this meme, and I believe he says to who Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is a classic, classic um, example of that. Just that backwards thinking. There's not a real solution. It might be on an individual level to like one or two people that manage to do that, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, I've got one more. I've got one more because this this was interesting to me because there were a few points I want to make, but I want to see what you say. Um, we're going up to Scotland for this one. Ready? Ooh. They earn more than the average worker. They should be quite content with that. <laughs> That's pretty good. I didn't listen to a word you said because I was just <laughs> listening to your accent. Uh, could you say it again, but with a more thick accent? Right. That's good because you didn't understand it in the first place. So yeah, yeah. But now I'm going to listen to it now. This is just for the this just for okay, listeners, you know. They earn more than the average worker. They earn more than me and I work hard. They should be happy. Uh, this is actually a really tough one and I don't get too, um, I actually don't get too annoyed at this one because I think it's really easy to just very quickly lose empathy for other people because actually the reality is a lot of people are in dire conditions in this country and they don't even have unions sometimes to back them up and they're just stuck. So I kind of understand why these people w might get a bit bitter because they see someone in a better position and like fighting for more and they can't even fight for more and they're not getting paid as much like. I get it. I absolutely agree. And and this is this is why I wanted to bring this one up because I really, really, really want people to understand that we, we do have empathy. Yeah, we do understand that. And honestly, what I would say to this is we just look at what happened this week during the strikes. Look at how many hundreds of thousands of other people from other professions. Look at every other job that have gone on strike lately. And even then, look at the jobs that have even worse conditions and worse pay than teachers have. Now, look, I know we have uh, university degrees. I know we are trained professionals in certain in this job, which is a very specific job, which is highly skilled, tricky and important. But the, you cannot look down on someone and say their job is any less important. Look at COVID with the key workers. Who were the people that kept the country running, right? Yeah, the teachers provided some care for the key workers, but who were the key workers? Who did, who picked up all of the uh, the bins every single week still, when there were no protect there was no protection before any vaccines yeah. or anything like that. We're not that. buying food in shops, are we? Without people still working there, you know. I agree. So I was speaking to um, some people who work in a in retail near me um, recently. I've got quite a few friends that work in retail, and they're actually saying, although they don't really have that kind of union support, and yeah, they're not they're not being paid as much uh, in that profession, 
um, generally when these strikes happen and when pay does actually change, it does lift up the private sector as well because obviously the private sector is very competitive. So if they have terrible, terrible pay compared to other places, people are going to leave. So pay does generally increase in these places. Like it, when teachers strike or when, when the, you know, the, the, the unions strike from any public sector, it's not just them that will benefit from any positive changes. It does kind of spread out to the other sectors as well. And I think that's really important um, for people to understand. Yeah, it's not isolationist, right? It's not just, and, and what it can turn into is a race to the bottom. And it can be about us fighting each other, right? Do you think the Amazon worker and I, we have more in common as teachers to an Amazon worker than we do as teachers to the, the big cats in the city, to the ultra rich? We are much closer to these people. We are essentially working class. We're no longer, it's no longer really a middle-class job. Teachers can't afford a house if they're just starting out. You know, you need to have dual income. You need to have support from parents. It's it's no longer traditionally middle-class even. We've just got a certain education level, a certain level of qualification. You know, I'm a, a bit of a Facebook uh, warrior, right? You know, a bit of a keyboard warrior. You know this. You know I this noticed about that. Uh, <laughs> I love to get into heated debates online because I just grew up in that generation. But anyway, right? Um, I was talking to someone recently who was like really cool. They were really supportive of the, of the teacher strikes. And their kind of reasoning was, if we make the profession more desirable, then we will attract skilled people who will uplift the edu you know, education system. A really good quality argument for why we need better rights. Anyway, in the same breath, <laughs> this person then completely just slaughtered um like the rail strikes and, and train train drivers and things like this saying it is disgusting that these people like almost like not even calling the people were striking how dare they when they make so much money strike for you know rights <laughs> all these basic things called rights and i and and i think that is just is exactly what you were saying about it's a race to the bottom like just because they earn a bit more uh, that is irrelevant now they're they're now scum because actually they don't earn as little as me. So I'm allowed to strike because I need more. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's case in point with the RMT, right? The majority of people they're striking for are even still the low paid workers, the cleaners, the people who work at the stations. The drivers were a part of it and they're entitled to strike and get an inflationary pay rise so they want to maintain their lifestyle because that's the, what, what pay they get. It's irrelevant. But, you know, that's just classic right-wing media using that, latching onto it. Oh, train drivers earn this. The only reason they're reporting that is to undermine them. And it's the same yeah. when they say teachers earn on average £42,000 a year. The main pay scale of teaching, if you're just a classroom teacher, goes to £38,000. How can you sit there and say the average pay for a teacher is £42,000? You are fudging the numbers again. I'm sure there's some maths where you can justify it somehow, but it is not an accurate representation and they're doing it politically motivated. Well, is that all you got? You got any more for me? I can take it. Uh, no, yeah, that, that'll do for now. Well, well, uh, well played. I liked that. That was a nice discussion. There was one other thing I wanted just to chat about quickly. And it's something I've noticed. You know, we're part of Facebook groups full of teachers. Uh, mm. We're quite active in them sometimes. And we see arguments and back and forth. And there was an element of toxicity, I must say, at some points between those who were striking and those who weren't. And just the idea of teacher versus teacher at, at each other's throats, different ideologies, different reasons for doing stuff. And I just wanted to get your, your take on, on that kind of friction and where you stand on that. You know, do you, uh, as, as a striker, we both strike, uh, do you feel at all that way towards some people who I've chosen not to strike, for example? Do you know what? It's hard 
not to. And I do, I feel like a bit of a child when I do this because I, you know, I, you know, we, we try not to generalize, but I do feel maybe a little bit bitter. Perhaps I just don't understand, um, some reasons, but like, I, I feel like I haven't yet heard, um, a really strong reason not to strike that can't be kind of quite quickly and easily, um, like retaliated. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, I absolutely get what you mean. And maybe I can throw a couple at you and just see what you think. Okay. So really big one at the minute. It's the literal reason we're striking. It's called pay up because we want an inflationary pay rise. Um, just, they can't afford to take the hit on their pay. Yeah. Like I, when, when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, that's a really valid point actually. Um, it's, it sucks because you know, the whole point is, yeah, maybe if we had better pay conditions, this, you would be able to take a day. Um, so it's kind of ironic, but also the unions are there to support those people. They will support that. They've got massive schemes. You can apply for funding for that day if you really need it. Like you can still support the strikes. I think from my point of view, I agree. The big thing for me is I absolutely, 100%, I was always going to strike. I, I, I believe it fully. But what I will say is that I, I do actually completely and utterly respect the individual's choice to strike or not. And at the end of the day, and I'm sure you'll agree deep down, I know, I know we will, it's irrelevant whether we agree with their decision or not. It's, it's irrelevant whether we think their reasons are justified or not. They have the right to not strike and they don't have to. But there is a line and I'll explain this line and I'll see if it's any different for you. Someone deciding not to strike, but understands our right equally back. If they don't strike uh, and they go into work, they do their job and then they go home. They teach their class, they go home, they got paid, we're all back in, we're colleagues, we get on with each other, absolutely no hard feelings. They understand why we did it. We understand that they have the, the right to do that too, which is absolutely fine. The line for me is if a teacher's chosen not to strike and then maybe is undermining one of their colleagues by going in and covering a class. To me, that's a different line. It's an active choice. What do you think? Uh, yeah, like there's there's two layers to it, isn't there? If you are truly in the position where you could have just not done that, then I, do, I don't really like that position it does make me feel like it is a bit undermining um but i do also understand that like you you and i are quite bullshit dylan like we, you know we're, we're quite confident generally when we're in school uh maybe just from years of working in the profession but a lot of people aren't i do forget that sometimes a lot of people like even people that are doing this strike it was a huge move for them and they've probably spent the whole day feeling really nervous about what their colleagues think what their what their bosses think you know and and i reckon some people are probably in that same sort of position that aren't striking and they just think i don't really want to do this but i also this is my boss telling me to go and cover this class you know so i think we just have to kind of understand that side of the the coin as well yeah you're right and it, you know it's about maintaining that um balance of your relationships at work right because even from the point of view of heads have been directly instructed by the government to do everything they can to open school for as many children as possible and that's manifested itself in lots of different ways across the country. Some schools had to close. Some schools managed to find ways to open, uh, even when most of the staff were striking. And as someone who did take part in the strike, I felt that my first reaction was slight annoyance at those schools who had really gone out of their way above and beyond to get as many of the children in the school as possible, simply because it kind of felt like it was undermining the fact that we've taken a pay cut to take strike action yeah uh, and you know up until recently covering wasn't even a thing that was accepted when it comes to strikes that's the idea of a strike you're withholding your labor 
And that disruption is the reason you're striking. So, you know, cover is a massive detriment to the strike action that kind of, in a way, nullifies it in the first place whilst still losing your pay for taking part in strike action. But I just think the more, the more you think about it, I obviously want what's best for the children. I would not be a teacher otherwise. So if you're telling me that children got to go to school, see their friends, be in a safe environment, and especially vulnerable children, I think that's objectively a good thing. And I don't suddenly think that's a bad thing just because I voted to strike. So there's that two parts in the head. And I think being able to compartmentalize those two things and understand that both of them can be valid and the same person can hold both views. I think that really helped me to actually just say, I'm striking, I'm doing it for this reason. And it didn't really affect me then what happened from then on. Yeah, I think so. I wonder if uh, King Charles will will ring in and give us that day back, you know, completely <laughs> negate it. <laughs> How about on, you know, on that day, yeah, we get the choice to go into school or not. Like, no, I won't yeah, go in for the yeah. children, for the children's sake, we were going to go in. Yeah. No, the teachers are okay. important, but uh, obviously that is, so we can't argue. Yeah, yeah, that logic. absolutely. Can't miss a single day of school unless a man's getting a golden crown on his head. So this might be a little bit challenging, Dylan, but I hope, I'm hoping you can rise to this. Um, in sort of summary, what would be your key takeaway? Like, what would be your key point that you'd like the listeners to sort of consider or think about now about everything we've discussed, the strikes? I'll probably say one or two things in this, but I'll try and be succinct and put it into a sentence. For me, these strikes are about the longevity of our profession and the fact we really care about these kids. We cannot keep going. What's been happening for the last 12 years to our budgets is unreal. And yes, we're asking for a pay rise. And yes, it's a high amount that the unions have gone in for, but that's supposed to be the start of a negotiation, which the government just don't seem bothered to do. They've got their decision, they're just going with it. But from our point of view, why have we gone on strike? It is to help the children in the long term. No one is a teacher for the fun of it. We were going to carry on working long hours. We're going to carry on putting our heart and soul into the job to give the children the best chance possible. But it can't happen unless we are funded properly. And the biggest part of this strike action for me, the thing that really, really pushed me over the edge was that it's all about it being funded. If teachers get a pay rise that's in line with inflation, but it has to come from the school's existing budget, that is not good enough. We are not just endlessly greedy looking for more money ourselves. No teacher would accept that because provision for children would go down, it would dip. We need more money in our schools so that we can deliver quality education, care and support for every single child. And attract the best educators, I think would be the only thing I'd add to that. That is, you know, there is so much more to my pocket and your pocket in a pay rise so pay up government it's not just for me it's for the kids it's for the whole educational community it's what needs to be done so as far as first podcasts go hayden pretty heavy one would you agree yeah big time considering when we were thinking about doing a podcast we were like hey let's make a really fun <laughs> like silly educational thing and we were like yeah let's we'll start with the hardest hardest hitting topic ever well you know why because it was in the news and it's what really made us passionate, didn't it? And we actually wanted to get this message out. So this is the start of our podcast. Next yeah. week we will be back and it might be a little bit more lighthearted. What do you think we should go for? Uh, I don't know. Talk about the lack of Pritt sticks in my cupboard, maybe. Exactly. That's what the people want to hear. No one wants to hear about strikes oh, anymore. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that we have one Pritt stick per 30 children. Yeah, yeah. And we'll blame the government. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not going to go there. We've done it. We've done that justice today. All right. That could be a feature of our podcast, you know. Blame the government.
I can think of a little jingle. Blaming the government for another thing. I'm going to make this into a jingle. I'm going to take this audio clip, guys. You will see this again. Thank you for listening. See you next time.